Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. I wish that I could tell every woman in the world who's breastfeeding, you've got this, mama, just keep going. And I think that's what we're trying to do. That was Amy Van Haren. She's the founder and CEO of Pump Spotting and Van Haren Creative. So today we are going to look at what it takes to rent an RV, build out mobile pumping rooms for any mama to use, and drive a van across the country in a mission to bring joy and connection to breastfeeding mothers. Amy is a two-time breastfeeding mother who realized just how difficult the breastfeeding journey can be and how isolating and lonely it can feel. Like many entrepreneurs, personal experience informed her need to find a solution. So she dreamt up an idea about an RV or a mobile bus that could become this traveling pump room for mothers who didn't have the space or the support otherwise. What happened surprised her. Women would join together on the bus and instead of pumping or typing or madly trying to do a lot of work while getting the pumping done, women would start to share their stories with each other and she would have six or nine women on the bus and they would be talking about their birth stories, about how challenging becoming a new mother was, and about what breastfeeding was really like. They'd pump milk, yes, but they'd also meet friends and share what it was like to become a brand new mom. So in today's episode, we talked to the founder of Pump Spotting about why the breastfeeding journey can be so hard and why the journey into motherhood can be so hard. She shares both her breastfeeding journey and the challenges she faced as a traveling mother who traveled a ton for her work. She also shares her entrepreneurship journey, how she stumbled into this business, and what it's been like to build it while raising school-aged children in Maine. And also one quick note before we jump in, my microphone didn't pick up during this interview, so I sound like I'm calling in from a payphone, and Amy, we're getting en route from an RV. So we've got a little bit of glitchiness and a little bit of sound, but the story, I think, is so wonderful. So thanks for listening in, as always. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. One of the questions I always get is, how do I fit it all in? How do I do it all? How is there enough time to create a successful business and be a good mom? And it's not about doing more. It's about working smarter and figuring out what's important in each of those hours. For me, feeling engaged and on top of my game has a lot to do with food and how I nourish myself. If you want to know more about good nutrition and eating well... I am thrilled to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Alavita Nutrition. They make everything about healthy eating and eating better easier for new moms and for busy women on the go. The founders, Anna and Megan, are both entrepreneurial powerhouses juggling careers and growing families, and they totally get it. So they give realistic solutions for getting healthy food on the table. They're registered dietitians. They help people get pregnant. They help people have healthy pregnancies and then rediscover and recover in your postpartum body. Also, for Startup Pregnant listeners, if you use the code STARTUPPREGNANT, you get 20% off of their self-paced programs or their nutrition consultations. I have all the links in the show notes so you can check them out. And thank you, Alavita Nutrition, for being the sponsor of this episode.
All right, everyone. I have Amy Van Haren joining us on the show today. Amy, I'm so excited that you are here. Thanks. I'm so honored to talk with you, Sarah. So I want to start with my favorite question to ask people, and I love it because it gives us a glimpse into your life. Can you tell us what time you woke up this morning and what your morning was like? Sure. I can't believe it, but I woke up at 8.05 a.m. this morning. It was a bit of an unusual morning for us because it was the first time I woke up in a while in a bed in a house and not in an RV, which we can talk about. But I woke up at 8.05. I was in a twin bed. I'm at my parents' house. We're visiting in Michigan. And my kids were, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old who were in the king-size bed across the way. And I woke up and my son popped his little head up to look at me and came over and we had a family cuddle before waking up for coffee and oatmeal for breakfast. Mm, I love it. And then now we're here on this call because it's only a little bit after that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Still still morning. (laughs) Still morning. Can you tell everyone why you're on an RV? Let's start there. Sure, sure. For my company, Pump Spotting, we're all about connecting breastfeeding women to support them and connect them to one another and really harness and share that mama mindset and power during a really an emotional time. And Pump Spotting is an app, but we also currently are on a 40-foot RV that we've turned into a nursing and pumping suite. And we've been taking it across the country to show up in communities and unite moms and advocates and really stir conversation and just really help women during that time of nourishment make it further and get what they need to be successful and to enjoy the experience. And so we started in Boston, April 29th at the MIT, how to make the breast pump not suck hackathon. And that was our first stop. And then we've been on the road for nine weeks. So for me, to be here in Michigan about to take a week off and taking a pause is nice to have a moment with my kids like that. Yeah, you're going something like 12,000 miles on this RV across the United States. And how is that logistically? What's it like to be on the road for that long and to be living out of an RV with your two kids? Yeah, I never thought that I would be 40 years old <laughs> living on an RV with another girl, a friend, not my husband and you know, not our kids. We are making it work. It certainly isn't traditional and there's many times when it's really hard and it's not so ideal. We decided as a family, we had an opportunity just over a year ago to live in Northern California. We usually live in Maine. And so when that experience ended last summer, our family took a three-week road trip across the country. So with this tour coming up, we sat down and we decided that it would just be too much for the family to go for such an extended period of time. We debated it, but you can't put car seats in a 1994 RV. So it may make it tricky, right, for the kids to go along. And so then it was, you know, do you follow along? And just the fact that we were stopping so many places, sometimes twice a day, and just so much going on, it just felt like it would be too challenging and disruptive for everybody. I think for me, I've found that I'm most successful to the best of my ability. It's messy and it's never perfect, but when I'm either mothering or being a businesswoman and the thought of having us all on the road and doing that all together for all of us just felt too complicated. So when we did New England, which 
we were fortunate, everything was close enough, we were able to, you know, drive to Boston, and I drove home, or even when we drove to New York City and Brooklyn, we drove back. And, you know, so started out in such a way that I was only gone for little periods of time. And then I was gone for a good three week stretch. But we planned here in Michigan, I flew to Boston just before Michigan and flew back with the kids. And so they're doing cousins and grandparents and a little bit while I was doing the events here in Michigan. And then we're taking a week off together. And for the rest of the trip, they're going to fly out to a couple places. So logistically, it's a lot of FaceTime. It's a lot of tears. I'll be honest. Sometimes it's really hard to be away from my children for such an extended period of time. My husband is just the most supportive partner. And he told me at one point, he said, you know, we so miss having you away. But in a way, we just have our rhythms and it works. You know, we get up, we do X, Y, Z, and they can't ping pong back and forth between parents or, you know, try and finagle one thing or another. And so I think he's just had to be really tied to rhythms and the kids kind of get the shape and the sense of what this looks like during this time period. And, you know, it's not easy for anyone, but we're trying to make joy. My daughter calls me every day and says, how many babies did you hold today? Yeah, because she's old enough to really understand a bit the mission of what we're doing. And, you know, they come on the bus for as many events as possible to really see the other babies and the moms. And so she has a sense that she likes to draw pump spotting our logo hearts all over. And, you know, Max just likes to get on the bus and push the button. (laughs) in the driver's seat (laughs) that's funny oh that's so cool to hear about because I think one of the things that has been eye-opening in my parenting journey has been the logistics of everything because you have you know Mm -hmm. two three four five different humans you have to think about all of them and how does it work and how do you make these things stitch together and I love hearing how other people are doing it can you back up and tell us about the mission of pump spotting, like why you're on this journey to help breastfeeding mothers everywhere. And how did you get started? How did you know that this was something you wanted to do? Yeah, well, I didn't. That's the answer to that question. Like many (laughs) things, I think as women entrepreneurs, and certainly as mother entrepreneurs, you have a need in your personal life when you're navigating the journey of motherhood, and then you have an idea of how to meet that need or how to improve something. And that's how it was for me. And then it took hold and I couldn't not pursue it, not just on behalf of me, but feeling as though I could see a way to make breastfeeding easier for other women and one day for my daughter. And I think breastfeeding can be really challenging and really isolating. And the onus for us is that what makes it easier is oftentimes being connected to other women and other mothers who've been there. That's certainly how pump spotting started. I, you know, was living in Maine, running a marketing agency, and my clients were the majority of them in Northern California. So I had to go back to work when Max was six weeks because, as you know, so many of you know, when you run a business, you don't have a lot of maternity leave time because you have to keep sustaining it. And so I had to go back to work and that meant flying across the country nearly every month. So I breastfed my daughter and it had gone so well and it was such a good thing and the health and nourishment. I wanted to keep doing it with my son, but I was Googling dry ice and shipping hundreds of ounces of milk and pumping in every airport bathroom in between businessmen, you know, under my nursing cover at 30,000 feet up on these six and seven hour flights. And feeling really isolated throughout the journey. But the one thing that made me feel 
so much better was talking to other women to see the other women around me who are breastfeeding and nursing and to hear how they did it and to get their tips. And there just felt like such beautiful energy to be connected in that way and to be tapping into that. And I think I was seeing the way that women were breastfeeding and working and, you know, some of them pumping so frequently and nursing in the NICU. And my sister-in-law had triplets and I'm kind of an eternal optimist. So I, I was looking for support in a way that was you know, cheering on. And because my background is and was community building and social media and marketing, I just started to see a way to use the phone that's in our hand. And so often when you're pumping in a room, you're on your phone, a better way to build it. And so that's how the idea for pump spotting came to be and how I became passionate about this journey. I think what you're saying is going to resonate with so many people because breastfeeding is one of those things that for people who are choosing to do it, I was blown away by how hard it was and how underwhelming the support is for women who are breastfeeding. And then on top of that, what you mentioned that's so important is that women entrepreneurs are really under supported. There isn't policy that Mm -hmm. helps us or creates parental leave or space or time. And then like layer on top of even that, the isolation that you can feel both as a new mom and as an entrepreneur. And it just makes this kind of whirlwind tornado of what can feel impossible. And one of the things I so admire about the pump spotting mission is it's like, no, we need to connect to each other. We need to be able to talk to mm-hmm. each other. We need to be able to share these stories of breastfeeding. What was your breastfeeding journey like? And why do you think it's so hard in our culture right now? Yeah. Can I say one other thing before we move on from that? Oh, yeah, please do. Just as you were speaking, I think being you know an entrepreneur as a woman and then navigating parenthood and breastfeeding, the other thing that's so hard, for me at least, was the fear of letting people down. Mm. And so I think during my breastfeeding journey in particular, I was even more conscious of how much time I had to take away to pump or you know, maybe when I should have said no to a meeting here or there to fly out to, I just couldn't because I didn't want them to think I was less than as this businesswoman and as this parent. And so I think I found during my breastfeeding journey that added layer of not just trying to navigate the early days of motherhood and keep building my business and be nourishing, but also the internal battle of making it seem as though I was capable of all those things at once. Um, Oh my gosh. That's so, yes, you're so right. That pressure that we put on women to like get their body back or just keep being the same person that they were, or like, this won't affect me. I remember that this like psychological perception that I was just going to be a badass and a boss and I was going to like crush it and make (laughs) it work. And I was going to be able to do it all, all of those tropes where no one really talks about like, that is almost impossible part of my French. They're going to beat me out later. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, yeah. and breastfeeding takes so much time. And so much like, time. What would happen if you slowed down a little bit? Like what is really going to happen? Who are you letting down? But that fear, that feeling, I'm right there with you, Amy. Yes. Yeah. And you're also sort of emotionally not able to handle it. And so my breastfeeding journey, I was really fortunate that it went well. You know, I had both kids latched on easily. I made the right amount of milk. You know, overall, that's not to say pumping didn't have all those stressful moments where it would decrease or things would happen. But, you know, for the most part, I loved 
breastfeeding itself. I loved having my baby on my boob and my son held his ear while he nursed, which was the sweetest thing ever. And just sort of that skin to skin and that connection. It just, I just loved everything about that. I hated pumping. Like I'm sure most people do. You just feel disgusting. You're hooked up to this machine. You've got your like dress up. You're exposed and vulnerable in all these ways. I was frequently in closets and bathrooms, you know, and I think the added layer of working and traveling. So not only are you breastfeeding all the time and thinking about it all the time, but then you're at work and all you can think about is when's my next pump session and where am I going to go? And then how do I get the milk from the freezer to the dry ice and, you know, not spill it. And, you know, you're sweating because you're anxious. And so then you're like, do I have two minutes between this pump session and when I have to go make this major presentation to like go in the bathroom and blot my face? And it just becomes so all-encompassing, I was able to hold on to when I was home, breastfeeding together and how important it was to me and the confidence. Also, every feed I did, I also think it made me feel powerful about what I could do for my baby. And I was really fortunate that while I was doing this, one of the places I was working was Patagonia Provisions and Birgit, who is this spearhead there, had breastfed her kids and she was such a beautiful advocate on my behalf. And she understood all that I was going through that to be at least in one place where you have another woman who at the helm of leadership, who really cheers you on and made me feel like it was okay to have to take the time out to pump and, you know, helped me ship the milk back and things like that. That was also part of the onus for pump spotting was to have someone be able to like, all the different levels, a mom who was going through it, someone who had been through it, someone who was, you know, making waves for other women, all those different levels to have all those beautiful people say, you've got this and you're doing a great job and just keep going or how can we make it easier was so what I needed to keep going that I just now feel as though I want to tell every woman in the world who's breastfeeding, you've got this mama, just keep going. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do. It's so important. I have a friend right now who's going through a tremendously difficult time with breastfeeding and she's isolated and she's alone and there aren't many other women in her life and she's far away from family. And I just think about the role that oxytocin plays in the postpartum period. And like one of the ways we get oxytocin is through community, through conversations with other women, through nourishing food, through touch. And I just get this sense that like women in the postpartum period are dialing so fast into the hustling mode of masculinity of like, I've got to hit this deadline. I've got to do this thing. And like not having, Hey, I'm going to sit and talk with women for two hours a day and I'm going to get a massage every day. And all of those things that would add up to make this journey a completely different experience. And then we get what we get, which is, I have so many friends that like they made it a month or three months. It didn't work for them. And it was so hard and so devastating. And Anyways, I'm getting a little teary-eyed because I'm thinking of like your mission and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's so great. Well, and the unbelievable thing about being in a giant boob bus RV <laughs> and rolling <laughs> into all these towns and moving through is that there is a renewed interest, I think, in supporting breastfeeding and in women to breastfeed that even in the past two years since we launched the app, I've seen this swell of movement forward towards that, which is so uplifting to see and 
so positive for the direction that we might be heading. But, you know, we had this vision and this idea, let's bring women together. And what if we created a really welcoming space, not just for moms, but for dads and supporters and really somewhere people wanted to be and, you know, see what happens bringing people together. But it's exceeded my wildest expectations because we'll be on the bus and there'll be, you know, two moms or eight moms or in New York, we had 12 moms nursing and pumping on the bus at the same time. And they are just sitting with one another and sharing their stories, good or bad, their questions, their ups, their downs, their birth stories, their breastfeeding stories, just like how they're doing. And I know this sounds really cheesy, but you see that communal activation almost make people lighter. They come on the bus sometimes and we've had moms who have babies in the NICU who it's their first outing anywhere beyond the hospital. And we've had moms of like one week old babies. And we have moms of, you know, toddlers who are kind of at their wits end. And then we have moms who just love breastfeeding and want to be around other people. And they all come together. And you have this shared common thread of wanting to nourish no matter what that looks like. And then you sit together and you nourish one another. And people leave the bus. And I think all of us just feel more fulfilled and more, you know, lighter about able to carry on with whatever we're doing. And it's not just breastfeeding, it's motherhood. It's just all the things in our days. I can't even, I know I'm so emotional about it, but it's like everywhere we stop, it happens over and over and again, which just makes me believe in the importance of that community and of connecting us and that it doesn't have to be something huge it doesn't have to be a big deal. It just has to be time together or really relating to someone on a human level. Yes, I can't even, like I'm nodding and I'm taking notes and I'm sure that people listening feel the same way. To me, like right now I'm in between my first and my second baby and I've been digging deeper into like the transformative power of birth. And then I've been stumbling across a lot of writing that talks about how traumatic it is. And like bringing a life into the world and having it go differently than you might expect, whether that's in the pregnancy journey or in your relationship mm -hmm. to work or your relationship to your partner or the actual birth itself, which rarely goes according to any rigid plan or the stuff it brings up in us because it's our sex organs. It's so much. It's the depth of who we are to the breastfeeding journey and to the expectations we'll have about being parents. Like, all of these things are not small and any one of them can have mm -hmm. stress to trauma. And one of the biggest things we can do to heal is tell stories and to be heard and to be witnessed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the scariest things about the way we treat new mothers today is this isolation not only makes you feel crazy, but it also doesn't let us share and heal. So this boob bus, which I just like, I laugh with <laughs> such pleasure and glee when you talk about it. And when I see it on the social webs, I'm like, the boob bus. <laughs> and so it's like vital and nourishing for the mothers who are vital and important nourishers. It's incredible to me. So thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, what's crazy is that I wouldn't have known this till I got here, but I think it's vital to me. I think one of the things that pregnancy and motherhood and all these things, clearly breastfeeding has unearthed 
for me is a new level of creativity and a new level of wanting to give of that to the world and to see how that takes shape. And so the unexpected benefit is what this journey of building this business and this bus and connecting with all this moms is doing for me personally. And that piece I never would have been able to expect until I'd gotten here. But I thought, you know, everyone says, oh, are you exhausted at this point in the tour from all the energy it takes to do events day in and day out and all these things. And I feel energetic as ever about what we can build and how to keep fostering the communities. So I would love to dig into a little bit about the business journey that you've been on too, because I think you have this story of pitching to Apple and you were going to build an app first. Can you go back to the early days of pump spotting and tell us like, what was the business at first and how has it evolved over time? So I believe I was, you know, sitting in a bathroom pumping in one of those places that was miserable that I didn't want to be and on my phone and started to think about how I could connect to other women who might also be stuck in bathrooms or stuck under a baby breastfeeding and, you know, needing to talk to someone or connect or get advice. And somehow the name and the idea for pump spotting just kind of appeared as things do when you have quiet headspace to be thinking about where you want to go. But I didn't know how to build an app. I had never done it. I didn't have the first clue about how I would make something like that come to light. And I was telling a friend of mine, Annie, who was my yoga instructor through prenatal, and she held my son, Max, just after I gave birth to move and stretch. And she'd been really nourishing to me. And she said, I know the perfect person. I went on a yoga retreat with Lindsay Whitmer Collins, who is an app developer. And so she connected us. And Lindsay and I had this conversation. And right away, Lindsay got it said, I see what you're trying to build. And I think it's necessary. And I'd love to build it for you. And so we started the process, which was pretty cool. You know, she did the user design experience. And here's what it looks like. And we have lots of conversations about what are the necessary features to start with and, you know, what needs to go into it and how do you go from here to there. And I think one of the most important things Lindsay did was help us make a really tight, minimum viable product, which means not too many bells and whistles, just we started with a feed where you could post what you were feeling or thinking, and then a feed where you could post and share a place to nurse and pump. And that was the basic component of it. And we launched just two years ago, essentially this week, to an email list of about 124 moms. And we started to have some momentum and Mom started to use the app and like it and share lots of thoughts about where we could go. And then Lindsay sent me a text on a whim of Apple's Planet of the Apps that they were going to be doing a reality show for apps. And she kind of jokingly said, we should apply for this. And I put it aside and it kind of sat in the back of my head. And then the due date was approaching for submissions. Actually, I think it was the date and you had to submit a one minute video pitch. And I thought, okay, why not? And we came away from it and it was heartbreaking to be so close to feeling as if you could step forward with your business in an exciting way. And we really wanted a champion or a mentor to see the vision of what you're doing and where you're going. But it also, you know, in hindsight and since then taught us so much about where you need to be ready and timing and what things are. But then we went and had some tequila 
after that experience. And we got up the next morning at 4 a.m., kind of teary-eyed and still in the haze of all that we'd just been through. And we had the idea for the RV and the cross-country tour. And we actually, Lindsay actually has a video of me like looking harried and we're talking through. One of their advice was you need to really get to know more about what women need. And they were right. And so we had this idea for the the RV and then we launched it through Kickstarter. And it's like unbelievable to me that we're actually doing it. That journey is real. Two years later, and they're doing it. They're in the middle of it. They've pulled it off, they're on an RV, they're bringing mothers together on a bus and making pumping easier for people. They're also building community and learning at the same time. What is it that breastfeeding mothers need? What's missing from this community? Like any entrepreneur, she invested a ton of risk and hope and energy to see whether or not it would work. She still has days when she wakes up and wonders if she's capable of building it, even now, during our interview, when she's actually doing it. To find out more about pump spotting and the pump spotting journey, you can follow them on all the social media platforms at, at pump spotting. They're on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow Amy Van Heron, A Van Heron, and we'll put all those links in the show notes. They are on a mission to support moms on the pumping journey. And right now they're trying to figure out what the next level is for this business and how to scale it beyond the grassroots organizational foundation they've built. She's currently, at the time of this recording, applying to accelerator programs and working on all the things to next level the business. The phrase they use all the time that I love and that you should hear is, you got this, mama. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.